You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. So you've listened to my show. You've gotten to know the people behind the camera and in front of the camera. And you're thinking to yourself, I really want to be able to watch porn in an ethical way. I want to pay for my porn, but I don't want to join just one website where I can only get one brand's type of content or one porn star's type of content. I want to be able to access it all. This is why you should go to hotmovies.com because Hot Movies has everything. They have scenes from all of the biggest porn companies, all of your favorite porn stars. They basically have everything. And if you use code HOLLY, you can get your first 20 minutes for free. So what have you got to lose? Support this industry and also get access to all of the hottest, latest releases at hotmovies.com. And do not forget to use my code HOLLY for 20 minutes free. Holly Randall Unfiltered is also brought to you by Adam and Eve. AdamandEve.com is like the biggest online superstore for all of your sex needs. They've got toys, they've got lingerie, they've got movies. It's pretty much a one-stop shop for everything sexy. Now, you'll get 10 free gifts when you order one item. Something for her, something for him, something you'll both enjoy, and six free movies, plus free shipping. All you have to do is enter code HOLLY at checkout. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com for your 10 free gifts. Today on the show, I have Brianna Banks. She is a veteran of the adult industry. My mom used to shoot a ton of content on her. She was a vivid girl for almost a decade, and she has been through a lot in her life, and she's willing to open up and share about her experiences here, which I really, really appreciate. So let's welcome Brianna Banks to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Today in the studio, I have the legendary, the one and only Brianna Banks. Hey, you guys. Hi, Brianna. Hi. It is so good to see you. Thank you. It's good to see you, too. It's been a while. It has been a while. So Brianna and I have known each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. My mother, Suze Randall, used to shoot so much content on her. Mm -hmm. And this was like really at the beginning of my career because I remember there was a shoot that I did of you, the um, like beer wench shoot. Yeah. (laughs) And I was so excited about that shoot. We had such a cool set. And I remember that was kind of like, my mom was very picky about what she would let me shoot. She'd like kind of hand give me stuff here and there. And a lot of times if there was a lot of like set design or styling or something put into it she like wouldn't let me have it like she had to shoot it you know what I mean and I remember I was so excited because she like kind of get it was like I it was like a gift when my mom would give me these like cool shoots that we put a lot of money and time into because you know I was I still knew I didn't know what I was doing and um 
you know, I had a lot to learn, but um, that shoot was kind of like one of those little gifts. And I was like so excited. And I still love those photos so I know. much. Everyone loves them. I see them come up all the time on my Twitter feed. It's yeah. just like memories. You I know. know. Um, I actually had her sign a couple of those for my patron members, you guys, just so you know, if you want to sign up at patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered, you can get signed pictures from my lovely guests as well. As a beer wench. Yes, as a beer wench. <laughs> you know, um, when I was, when I released the information on social media um, that you were going to be on, one guy mentioned, um, he brought up, ask her about the pony shoot with Mark Davis. Do you remember that? Pony shoot. Yeah, when we had you like in a bit, the whole like fetish. Oh, and that was me and uh, my that was my best friend at the time. And it's the only time she ever got in penthouse. I was actually more excited for her because I'd been in it a few times. Mm-hmm. It's my friend Lita Chase and, yes. and Mark Davis. Yes. Absolutely. That was a crazy shoot. That was, on- <laughs> I love like pony fetish stuff. And yeah. I've honestly always wanted to recreate that because mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. It was in a long time. God, I can't even remember how long we were at makeup for to get our hair to do that. Was that Lee who did it? The hair makeup. It was Lee. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we were probably two hours each and makeup easy. Oh, easy. But it was amazing. It was was so cool. It was gorgeous. Yeah, I really want to do a shoot like that again. Actually. How was it like to shoot in? Do you remember like were the bits super annoying? Oh well, Sue's never did anything that was comfortable, <laughs> you know. So I'm sure that uh, yeah, that gag thing in my mouth wasn't really re- very comfortable. I don't even know how we went about shooting like but blowjob and all that. You know, it's uh, I can't remember if we had to take things out, put it back together. Probably. Yeah, but I mean, and the pictures it looks effortless, effortlessly done. You know. Yeah. Well, and also too back then, you know, you could spend eight hours doing a still set Mm -hmm. and you didn't really i don't know if you guys shot video of that or not i know that um there suze has some of the bts video i've seen a couple bts but nothing like video video like we do now yeah i think that was back in the day before we really kind of transitioned to shooting video and even Mm -hmm. then like stills were such a huge part of our income that like the video was kind of like an afterthought, you know, it was like, okay, we'll shoot some video, yeah. but really it was about the stills because, you know, magazines were such a big part of um, our revenue and God, it is so different now, man. I know. I, I, I'm really miss going to the magazine stands and seeing myself on a cover and yeah. like going and buying it. I know. You know, it's like, wow, those were like such, a, such amazing, amazing times. <clears throat> I loved shooting magazines. I know it's crazy. And it's like now you you know, it's all about the video and the stills are, you know, just kind of to a company promoting the video. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm still like, I mean, I, I direct video obviously and, and I enjoy it, but I'm still like, I feel like at my heart, I'm a photographer and I definitely miss those, you know, times where we really just focused on the pictures and spent like so much time. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you can really explain it. I'm glad that we both like have seen the transition. You know, mm-hmm. me coming back, I was like, "Whoa, yeah. this is totally different." I know, everything right? changed while I was gone. So. Yeah, so you you were in. The, yeah, I was gonna say, like, you were one of the few people who were in the industry who saw what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, you were a Vivid contract star, right? I started Gonzo for two years, then mm-hmm. signed with Vivid for eight years. And yeah. then 
after that, I was kind of lost my way, you know, because I didn't know what to do without without Vivid. And uh, that's when I kind of dropped out for like five years and mm-hmm. then popped back. <laughs> yeah, came back. Yeah. So how was, um, I guess let's start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did you get into porn? Um, I was 19 and, um, you know, going way back, I got custody of my sister. I, I moved out when I was very young, like 14. I emancipated myself at 16 and I got full custody of my little sister at 18. Mm. So, um, you know, I was trying to go to school, work and still take care of her. And I, I just couldn't make ends meet. So I answered an ad in the paper, nude modeling, mm-hmm. make like a thousand dollars a day. I was like, you know, I think I can do that. I, you know, I'm, I was on the cover of Teen Magazine. I was like, <laughs> Were you really? Yeah, that's, oh that God. was my first cover ever was Teen Magazine. Wow. So um, I drove. I just got to like try to dig that up. I want to see that. <laughs> I like, I drove and I got to, it was this, uh, it, I got to the location and it was actually a porn set. They were, I'd never seen a porn set and I pulled up and there was like, they were filming like three scenes at once. It was um, for, for Zane. And uh, I'm like, holy, I'm like, I can't do that. I'd only been with like one guy. Mm-hmm. And so I drove away and then I drove back and then I drove away <laughs> and I drove back. And I was like, you know, if you don't do it, you and your sister are going to be out on your asses in three days. Like if you don't go through with this and make that money, you're going to be evicted. You're going to take your sister away. So wow. I did it. And uh, I was like a deer in headlights. It's the most embarrassing scene ever. And it was with Brand- uh, Brand- Brandon Iron. Oh, wow. And I didn't even know penises came in different sizes. <laughs> you know, like he pulled that thing out and I didn't even know what to do with that. I was just licking it and I was like, they're like, they're <laughs> like, like blowing on it. Yeah. They're like, can you make noise or can you move? Like I literally just laid there and I looked like I was scared to death because I was, I was very shy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got the thousand dollars and then I was like, well, you know, that wasn't so bad. And I didn't tell my sister until mm-hmm. like she kind of figured something was up, like maybe two weeks into it. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm like buying matching futons for our studio. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden you like have All, money. Yeah. And I, you know, lied for a while about what I was, how I was getting it. And then I, you know, I was like, well, finally I had to come clean. I didn't have a choice because everybody found out so, so quickly. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Who found out first? Uh, my friends. I mean, I, I went under the name Mirage for for two years. Uh-huh. So I was like, no, Sparkles was taken. I tried that. <laughs> really? You were going to name yourself Sparkles? I was. I was. That's amazing. But there was already a Sparkles. Oh, that bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, I chose the name Mirage. And um, I think uh, the turning point was when my mom's boyfriend asked me to sign a, a box uh, VHS for him. And I was mortified. I was like, <gasps> that was the point where I was like, oh, I have to tell my mom now, you know, yeah. and it was just like, after that, I was kind of like, you know what, everybody knows what I'm doing. I'm just going to stop going by Mirage because I hated the name anyway. Yeah. And I got my boobs done and changed my name to Brianna Banks, which Brianna is my real name. Mm-hmm. So just went, I just went for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your... Um, what was your, like, wh- okay, so you said you did Gonzo for two years. Yeah. Was there a point, was there one scene that kind of made you feel like, okay, this is actually something that I enjoy? This is something that I could see myself, like, making a career out of this? Um, 
you know, all my Mirage scenes, I think I really have such a huge fan base because they were all real. That was mm-hmm. like my first time ever with the girls on mm-hmm. camera, you know, or my first time with two guys or five guys or three guys. <laughs> uh, you know, like everything was real for me. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of grew up sexually on camera from mm-hmm. like a naive little girl that had been with one guy for like four years to, you know, becoming a porn star and really yeah. finding like my sexuality and enjoying sex. Do you feel like that was a good way for you to explore your sexuality? Because, you know, I've heard some girls say that um, they've, you know, you're not the first girl who's told me they've kind of grown up sexually in porn. I know Asa Akira talked about that. Nicole mm-hmm. Aniston talked about that. And they felt that it was like kind of this safe space where they could try these things mm-hmm. and they knew that, you know, they could, they would be taken care of and they could say no and they could, you know, pull away or like, did you, did you feel like it was a safe place for you to explore it? Or do you wish that you had done it in your private life first? Um, I guess both. I mean, I had some really bad experiences too coming into this industry. Max Hardcore, for example. You know, I got thrown that way not knowing anything about what was going to happen to me and that messed me up for a while. But, um. Can you talk about that scene? Yeah. Um, he was very nice. He took me to, you know, go eat and, you know, go get tested and then, um, all that good stuff. And, you know, he really like tries to bond with you. It's kind of weird. He gets you to tell personal stuff about yourself to him and that you don't know he's going to use it against you. And, um, so then, you know, a couple days go by, get my test back, everything. And he brings me to his house and we take this elevator and like the whole like fourth or fifth story was all little girls clothes. I, yeah. I was a little bit thrown back right when I walked in. I was and like, the yellow couch. I was like, yeah, this is, this is not normal. And then he shaved me. He shaved my vagina area himself, himself, like not in the and scene, not in the scene before we started the scene. And, and and like put my hair in pigtails and dressed me like I looked like I was a little girl. And I still didn't know what was about to happen to me. You know, I was just like, oh, this guy's kind of weird, you know, but I'm yeah. used to playing the little girl role. And, you know, then the scene starts and he just turned into like somebody totally different. And, uh, you know, like... I guess like two hours into it, you know, I mean, this is like straight anal. Like he, this is a two hour scene. This, this scene went on for about six hours. Wait, he kept the scene went on. Did you take breaks? No, no, he just kept, uh, everyone knows if they've watched Max Hardcore stuff, he urinates on you. He pretty much uses everything that he learned about my sister on camera, my mother. Like you're, I was crying to the point where I'm looking at the cameraman, waiting for like somebody to stop it. But I'm like, you know, if I stop now, then you know I'm not going to get paid. Like all this stuff's going through my head. I'm like, how much longer can this really go on for? Yeah. And this is only two hours into it. Little did I know that you know he would continue to do this to me for like six hours, to the point where you know I was just ready to like I'd been puking. I was sick, but like the last thing he made me do was look into the camera and ask my mommy if she was proud of me. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that was, like, out of everything that he made me do during that scene, disgusting stuff, that was the thing that hurt the most. Of course. Like, I literally, like, bailed out of there. I didn't shower. I still had pissed on, like, 
a bra on and, and panties. And I drove home and I was just a mess for like two weeks. My sister's like, what happened? You know, and I couldn't even tell her for at least two weeks, you know, what, what had just happened to me. Oh my God. But that was, uh, that was when I got rid of that agent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, just kind of went on my own because I couldn't believe that he sent me to a booking where that would, where he knew that was going to happen to me. Everybody knows the kind of content that Max produces and it's really insane. It's like, you know, I mean, I'm all for like people doing, you know, stuff consensually. Mm -hmm. And if you're into weird shit, whatever, you know, I don't want to kink shame you, but like his stuff was really like, I couldn't watch it. It was, and, and that's only the American version, you know, imagine like the real, the European version where they show everything. I've only ever seen the stuff that's posted here too. I remember watching a scene that he did with like Rebecca Linares and she cried afterwards. And I was like, if, and that girl's like, I don't know if you remember Rebecca, but she was super hardcore. Yeah. And I was like, if you can make Rebecca cry, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, and you're just one of so many girls who's had that, that story about him. It's mm-hmm. just like crazy. Do you see, you see him at the show sometimes, right? Oh. You know, he's like, he's kind of popped back up. I, I know. I, I, every time I see him, I will never make eye contact. I, you know, um, when all this stuff came up about him drugging you know, a certain girl in the industry and they wanted me to testify and I didn't even, you know, I'm like, unfortunately he didn't drug me. I can say that. I wish I had been drugged for that scene. Yeah. I'm like, I was completely sober. So, you know, I'm like, I, I don't really want to be involved. You know, right. I'm just going to stay out of it. Right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. His stuff is real. I'm really, really sorry that you went through that. It's crazy because, you know, back then that was before like social media and all of that stuff. I mean, someone like him wouldn't really, I mean, I don't think he'd be able to, to survive now. No, I don't you know. Well, I heard he's shooting again, which I can't believe. I'm like, Are you really? Yeah. I would ima- I, I, I don't know because I haven't seen these stuff, but I wonder if he's kind of toned his, his stuff down a little bit. Because, you know, I mean, now like girls can talk. I mean, mm-hmm. now, you know, you get treated like that by a director and a lot of girls will call you out. Yeah. Though, to be fair, sometimes they won't. I mean, there's still that, that whole concern about being labeled as a prima donna mm-hmm. other people want to work for you not getting paid i mean this is something that comes up now a lot yeah i mean i did five the five on one and that was easier than a max heart <laughs> you know i think i i also got to pick my guys yes you know and they were very i was very lucky it wasn't like they were trying to destroy me scenes right so, right uh, not something i would care to venture into at, at this point yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And there's a way to, you know, to make a scene look really intense and hardcore and it not actually be that kind of experience. Well, yeah. I mean, I like rough sex, mm-hmm. but not when it's, you know, messing with my mind. Yeah. That kind of emotional abuse mm-hmm. is really disturbing. Stuff like that, you know, like facial abuse does the same mm-hmm. kind of thing. That kind of stuff, like, I really like makes me sick. Yeah. Because that's like, that's a whole other level. And it's, yeah. and then it's not playing anymore. Yeah. It's not a fantasy anymore. No, when I'm like really crying. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. That's horrible. So can you tell us about some of your really wonderful scenes that your fans should go see on on another, on a lighter note? On a lighter note. Uh, God, I'm like, I have done so many scenes. I'm like, once that's, I have, I, I just shot a movie for, uh, Jim Lane, who I have known probably as long as you, Mm -hmm. um, my mom, my mom is a 
Milfomaniac 4. <laughs> but I just love shooting for him, you know, because I, I think I probably shot as many scenes for him as I had did for Vivid over mm-hmm. the eight years. So I'm um, trying to think of like the Babe Watch. I remember that was a really fun one. Uh, we were all on the beach dressed like just like Baywatch and people were coming up asking us for autographs because they <laughs> thought we were Baywatch. Dude, Baywatch is such a huge show outside yeah. of America. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, um, who's the lead? Oh my God, why? Pamela. Was... No, 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 the guy. Oh. Ernie, help me out. Who's the star Hoff, of... Hoff. Tommy Lee, star of Baywatch, David Hasselhoff. Wow, wow, Ernie is not listening at all. He's like Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. I said Pamela Anderson. He said Tommy Lee. Well, that makes the star. Um, David David Hasselhoff. Yeah, like he's like huge in Germany. Like huge. I think I only knew that because I'm from Germany. That's why David Hasselhoff. It's so funny. It's like those people. Like that show is insanely popular outside of I mean it was popular here but insanely popular outside of the United States I think everybody like who watched it thought that's what California was like yeah like everybody looked like that like which is sort of true it was fun I don't know I I, I loved it I love I I loved all my uh, Gonzo stuff like Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun on it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then my vivid stuff I mean Getting to fly to Budapest and shoot Brianna Loves Rocco, you know, like getting to see Budapest. I was exhausted, but yeah. Budapest is beautiful. Yeah, I got to, you know, I was there for two days. I literally flew there, did two scenes, and flew home because I knew that PT would keep me there for eight days shooting me <laughs> with, you know, the shots of the city in the background if I didn't put my foot down. So, how was it being a vivid girl back then? I mean, you were kind of in the gold, like that was the last of like the golden age of the contract girls yeah it's it's funny I'm I was there for eight years so I mean I saw them come and go and I did like three reality shows through with Vivid and the last one we did was Last Girl Standing and I'm literally the last girl standing (laughs) I am like the last Vivid girl you know um but I I really got along with most of the girls. There were a few that I didn't get along with, um, but they never, they never really lasted long. Yeah. The really standoffish ones, you know, didn't last long. So were there any ones in particular that like you really went to town with? Can you name them? Kira Kenner. I don't remember who that is. She, she didn't like me because she dated, and I don't even want to say his, my ex, my ex-boyfriend. Bobby Vitale. Yeah. She dated him before I did. And so she always had a thing for me. And it's like, whenever he dropped me off on set, she'd like walk around with her top off. And I'm just like, what is she doing? (laughs) Because he's never seen tits before. I know. Exactly. So yeah, me and her, but it wasn't just me. Well, I think our third reality show, they put us all in a house with liquor. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. All the vivid girls and booze. And um, we just went to town. It's like, we just verbally just asked her why she was such a fucking bitch. You know, (laughs) I mean, all of us just finally like came out and just went after her and she started crying and I actually like felt bad but then I was like it's not just me you yeah. know every girl here is, is like finally like fed up with you you know yeah. she was just a nasty person yeah who were you closest to um obviously Jenna mm-hmm. uh, are you guys still friends 
You know, we're friends on social media. I haven't seen her in quite a few years. I saw her at a red carpet event maybe like six six years ago when I was still when I was still on my retirement. But um, she's doing great. So good for her. Yeah, she had a kid recently. Yeah, little girl. Yeah, I just I've, I've been following her and she looks incredible. She like lost all the weight and she still looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. She's definitely changed some of her opinions about uh, the world, but we don't need to go into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, now, you – so actually you left porn for a while. Mm-hmm. Why – where did you go? Oh, God. <laughs> um, I just – I did uh, – I tried to do a couple scenes for browsers and um, I just, you know, it was kind of like in a midlife crisis mm-hmm. and, you know, I was having to take a bunch of pills to get through those scenes and mm-hmm. browsers wasn't very happy about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I – I, the last thing I did was a porn star punishment for browsers. Which, which is a whole niche that they've pulled. It was – yeah, it was very brutal <laughs> and um, – once again, should have done my research before I agreed to do it. I didn't, you know, I was like, if I've done Max Hardcore, what can... Right. <laughs> well, James Dean can be pretty mean, too. Yeah. And um, after that scene, I was just, you know, that was kind of it for me. That was, I was like, I don't, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it for the money. And um, I just got humiliated on film. And, you know, I just said, I'm done. And... I just walked away. I completely just left. I quit, um, you know, back then it was Facebook, not Facebook, um, MySpace. <laughs> so, I mean, you, once I disappeared, I went to like school to become a personal trainer. I had my implants taken out. I dyed my hair brown. Like I never wanted to hear the name Brianna Banks again. Like wow. I was just, I was done. You know, I wanted to be remembered as like the vivid legend and not that yeah. porn star punishment scene. Yeah, I hear you. So were you pretty good at like uh, assimilating back into society? Did people not recognize you? Were you able to really like restart your life again? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, you can never walk away from 15 years of porn and and think that no one's going to recognize you because you went down to a B cup and you dyed your hair brown. It was kind of ridiculous on my part. But, you know, um, I tried, I you know, but... I was living in like Agora and, and dating another amazing guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I ended up, move, you know, moving away from Agora because mm-hmm. a very small town and everybody knew who I was. It was like, I'm so tired of hearing, you know, oh, you know, I was already, I was, I was just known as the porn star. And it's mm-hmm. like, I haven't done porn in like four years and I'm yeah. still known as the porn star. And. Yeah, it's really hard. It's something that like you really can't escape, especially nowadays with the internet. You know, it's like mm-hmm. once you're in, you're in, man. And it's and the stigma is real. Yeah, it's really brutal. Yeah, and um, so you know, I just I decided, you know, I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna make one more world at this. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. I was like, I liked being Brianna Banks at one point. And I'm like, if I like go back with my head right and I'm like a different person than when I left, you know, make smart choices and decisions that um, maybe I can, you know, like being Brianna Banks again. So that's what I did. Okay. Um, We're going to take a quick break. But then when we come back, I want to talk about like that whole journey from coming back to porn because I know there's a lot that you went through. So, Mm -hmm. okay. We'll be right back, guys. 
I want to talk to you guys about a new project that I'm doing. I am working on an erotic photography book and this project means a lot to me. Now, I have a few other photography books out, but this would be the first one that would be created solely by me. I need your support in order to make this happen, which is why I've created a new Patreon. It's patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. And there you can donate to support these incredible photo shoots that I've got lined up. You will get access to exclusive photos and exclusive video that will only be available on my Patreon. It will not be on any other website of mine. You will also be able to access the private behind the scenes Snapchat, even get a live Q&A Skype call with us from set. This project is something that is very close to my heart and it is my way to really create something beautiful and artistic and I just want to fall in love with photography all over again. It's not porn, it's erotica. There's a big difference there and I would really, really appreciate it if you guys would come check it out and support me. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. Thank you so much. All right, so we're back. So Brianna, I know that you went through a lot Mm -hmm. and um, you were dating Bobby Vitale Mm -hmm. And I think you kind of went down a dark hole. Yes. How can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I met Bobby when I was right before I signed my contract with Vivid. Um, so I was twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got the cover of Penthouse. Mm-hmm. I would just got the cover of AVN, and um, you know, was about to sign my deal with Vivid. And I met Bobby. At, I had worked with him twice, mm-hmm. but you know, outside of that, I didn't really know anything about him. And then um, he approached me at AVN at the award show, and uh, you know. Uh, we ended up dating. He drove me home from AVN. And at that time, um, he was sober. I didn't really know anything about him that he had a past of drug abuse. You mm-hmm. know, he was 14 years older than me. So I was still pretty naive at 21. And, uh, I fell pretty hard for him. And, um, then he relapsed and, um, his drug of choice was crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, Unfortunately, you know, I'm also have very addictive personality. I've been to rehab a few times and yeah, (laughs) yeah. And, um, I got wrapped up right in it with them. And I mean, the stuff we did was just insane. I, I, I OD'd so many times and got down to like 98 pounds and, Still, you didn't think anyone was catching on, yeah. you know. Yeah. Vivid called me in and said, you know, we can't shoot you until you put weight on. You're too skinny to shoot. Your mom, she pulled me aside and actually watched me eat. Like she, she forced, was force feeding me. And it was, it was just a really dark time. And that was only one year of my life that I did that drug for. Mm-hmm. But that one year, like, ruined so much of my life. Yeah. You know, my reputation. Um, I, I, I. Didn't you drive a car into Bobby <laughs> and pin him to a wall? Yes. I knew this was going to come up. And I, to this day, I will stand by the fact that I did not do it on purpose because, uh, you know, Bobby was very abusive to me. And I think um, 
A lot of people don't know how bad he used to beat me, but he broke my jaw. He wow. cut off my finger with a knife. Wait, what? Yeah, this finger. Which one? The Can one? I see it? Yeah, he cut it off with a knife. Where did he cut it? Notice it doesn't bend. He cut it all the way. I was about to go on stage to dance. We were at a club in Akron, Ohio. And uh, yeah, I was doing my makeup and he... No, re- I had an engagement ring on and he just took a knife like I had next to me to like cut up my fishnets before I went on stage because I would do this whole theatrical pulling of the fishnets off. Mm-hmm. And he just picked it up and cut my finger off. And I was like in complete fucking shock. And I, I didn't feel the pain. I just, I, all I, I just said, you know, like my, the bodyguard had just walked away because I had a bodyguard with me and I duct taped my fingers so that it, you know, was still on and put on my gloves. And I went on stage. I was in that much shock that I didn't really realize what it, what had just happened until like the second song, I started seeing blood all over the stage, dripping down my arms. And then I, I passed out. And I woke up in the emergency room and, you know, they had to like sew everything back together. And yeah, it was, he did some awful stuff to me, breaking my jaw when I was on, on tour also throwing me across the room. And, um, so that's why people think I hit him on purpose, but I actually pulled into my garage and he was in the garage in the dark, smoking crack, and it scared the shit out of me. I didn't wasn't expecting someone to be in my garage, mm-hmm. and I hit the gas pedal, and I smashed him in between my car and the wall, and I broke uh, his pelvis, uh, broke his legs, um, God, and it was awful. And I, the reason, like, if he knew, if he thought for one second that I did that on purpose, I wouldn't be alive today because the shit he did to me after, because of course he was pissed. He knows it yeah. was an accident. But I mean, I would wake up to him pulling me out of bed by my hair and pissing on me out of his, uh, his bladder bag. And I still stayed with them because I felt so guilty about hitting him with my car. Like, I, I he had to learn how to walk again. And he continued to do drugs. And at this point, I had stopped doing drugs. I was, I was done, you know, and, um, I just, I called his mom. I'm like, you know, I, he can't, he can't be here anymore. You know, he's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wake up one day and he's going to have killed, you know, I'm not going to be here anymore. So, um, he ended up getting like a hundred thousand for my insurance. And I personally paid out of pocket 20 grand for surgeries for him to, get everything working again. And, um, you know, that, that was the end of Bobby Vitale's career. He tried to make a comeback, I believe at one point. And, um, when I heard his name, I was just like, he's no one's ever going to work with him because he was very aggressive on the girls. Also, he, he had a very bad reputation when he left it, uh, for beating up the girls during scenes. I was like the only one that would still do scenes with them. And it wasn't really by choice. It was more by otherwise I was supporting him. Yeah. I remember he was like a favorite of my mom's, but I think that's before he relapsed. Yeah. When he, yeah, he, he was bad, (laughs) man. I am so sorry. Yeah. So what did you do after? How'd you, so you finally left him, I assume. Yeah, I left, I left him. Um, and I had drug dealers still showing up at my door because he owed so much much money to everyone. I just had to move. I had to move, you know, and um, because my sister was uh, living, living in the house with me. 
So I just, you know, moved and, you know, just started my life again. It was kind of like, and it, all over Wikipedia, everyone thinks I was married to Bob Vitale. I'm like, to get the record straight, we were never married, mm-hmm. ever married. Um, you were engaged. We were engaged, but I don't even think I knew what the word engaged really meant. You yeah. know, it's like it was nothing that me and him ever sat down and actually talked about. I think it was just a pretty ring to me, you mm-hmm. know. It's like I I hadn't loved him for a long time. I mean, how can you love somebody that beats you like that? Yeah. Why do you think you stayed? I uh, I don't know. It was kind of like at first – he like he was a nice guy when I met him, and I guess yeah. I just held on to that for so yeah. long that he would stop doing drugs and he'd go back to being the person that I fell for. But that person was gone a long time before I left him. Right? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does he try to contact you at all anymore? No, I had a. God, I haven't seen him in so long. The last time I saw him, he looked like a little old man. I didn't even recognize him. And I was like, that's the person that I was with for five years. It like really tripped me out. It's crazy looking back, right? Yeah. Well, now he's 14 years older than me. So, you know, that puts him in his, in his 50s. Yeah. So, and I met him when he was like closer to what I, the age I am right now. Mm-hmm. So, so you left him. And then what did you, were you still performing after you left him? Oh yeah, um, I continued. If I hadn't left them, I probably I would be dead. So I continued with Vivid, and mm-hmm. things actually got you know a lot better for me mm-hmm. once I left them. I just focused on my career, and I was touring constantly, dancing, you know, and you know, my sister stayed with me throughout all this time until just a couple years ago. Wow, it's a, I yeah. mean, it's really great that you had family, at least one family member, to be next you know beside you mm-hmm. through all of that because i know that there's a lot of girls who get into their porn and their family like completely disowns them and then they mm-hmm. they go through rough patches like we kind of all do and they don't yeah. have somebody there to support them so that's that's really great that you had that mm-hmm. definitely and then um you said you went to rehab so yeah um what once i got out um i you know started drinking a lot like my mother was an as is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of thought as long as I never drank that I was okay. I could mm-hmm. do every other drug and that wouldn't make me my mother. So, you know, I dabbled into the pills and, you know, um, all that good stuff. And I ended up going finally to rehab and my sister too because we were living together. We were like the first sister group that had ever gone to this rehab. But it was like, you know, we live together and if we both don't get sober, then we can't. There's no point in me coming by myself. Right. It's hard. It's so hard when you get stuck into that cycle, you know, and and, and waking up every morning and thinking like today's the day I'm going to stop and like mm-hmm. having that conversation with yourself every day and yeah. like not being able to get out of it. It's just yeah. like it's the... It's like the darkest place that you can be. You can just feel so alone. Yeah, very alone. And uh, I ended up going three times. <laughs> That's all right. I went twice and then I went to sober. I went to rehab twice, sober living twice. So like, yeah, yeah. I feel you, girl. Uh, yeah. I'm a repeat customer myself. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the only person that can get addicted to going to rehab. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, it is like, a, you know, the one place that you get to go that you only focus on yourself and you don't have all these external yeah. outside influences, people like trying to get your attention and like work and all that stuff. And, and then, you know, once you're 
I mean, once you take away the alcohol and the drugs and you're left with just yourself, then yeah. you're like, wow, this is where the work really begins. Well, and it was an all woman's, you know, facility. So I'd never, it kind of felt like a family to me. It was like something totally. I had never experienced. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like the power of, um, you know, these sobriety support groups is, is, is that it's, it's addiction just it makes you isolate. It makes you feel so incredibly alone and, mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I know like when I was, you know, like in my heaviest drinking periods, I I really felt like there was nobody else out there that drank the way I did, that nobody else was like, you know, and it was the shame and the self-loathing and the self-hatred was just overwhelming. And so going to rehab, when I learned about what alcoholism was and I learned about um, the way that our brains work, it was like such kind of a relief. I was like, this is what's wrong with me. Cause for the longest time I couldn't figure out what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's like on the surface I had everything, yeah. I had family, I did like a great career and all this stuff, but I kept just throwing it away mm-hmm. and like, and I just couldn't comp and I wanted to stop. Right. And I always yeah. thought it was a willpower thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, I really wanted it more than anything, but I couldn't do it. It was just baffling. And it's just something that's like impossible to explain to people yeah. who haven't been through it. And, yeah. It's, for me, it was like every other drug I quit, like cold turkey, never mm-hmm. went back. But with the alcohol, it was just like I just couldn't. Yeah. I, I, I just couldn't kick it. And, yeah. You know. Oh, I hear you. And I unfortunately got into another relationship. But um, this individual, I don't want to say his name, but um, we were together pretty much the entire time I was out of the industry. Mm-hmm. And um, he never laid a hand on me, but verbally torn me to fucking pieces. And sometimes that can be worse. Yeah. Well, I didn't recognize, I didn't see what he was doing because I was used to getting punched. So, you know, I didn't see how bad he was putting me down all the time, calling me washed up. Um, then I started putting on weight from, you know, all the alcohol and, and then he started calling me fat and, you know, it was one thing after another until it was like, I, I couldn't take it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, I keep taking pills and stuff and drinking because of the way he treated me. But, um, you know, it was like I kept going back to him and, you know, I'd be sober and he'd, he'd drink right in front of me. It was like he didn't give a flying fuck, you know? Yeah. So I had to leave that situation and lose 70 pounds before I got back in porn. Wow. Yeah. So where, so where are you at now in your life? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a pretty happy place right now. Um, uh, I was gone for 10 months. Uh, I got really depressed um, uh, about, I've been back like three months. It's like I did a comeback and then I kind of went MIA after winning like my second Hall of Fame and Mm -hmm. best comeback and everything was great. And then I got depression and um, I don't know, you can't explain depression because unless somebody's had it, but I literally just didn't want to get out of bed. I was so fucking sad and um i stopped going on social media you know and i i just i don't know i almost threw away my entire comeback like wow. i was on antidepressants antipsychotics and that made me even worse yeah i was just so loopy and um i've i've been shooting now about three months back from being under you know really bad depression my fans know because they were trying to contact me 
the entire time. They never stopped, you know, sending messages and trying to call me, the ones that had my number. And I just wouldn't even look at my phone anymore. It became yeah. like an enemy to me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Yeah, people trying to break into that like wall that you're trying to build up around yourself. I just didn't know what to say. Like yeah. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Everyone's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I don't I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't know what's happening to me." Yeah. I'm just fucking sad. Yeah. Now, did the depression kind of lift on its own or did you take like active measures to to combat it that you feel have worked? Um, I was uh I moved uh out of the place I was at. And um, I just have been forcing myself every day to get up. I've been really, you know, going to the gym, um, not hanging around negative influences. Um, And I I just, you know, suddenly I just kind of felt better. I don't know how to explain it, but it definitely wasn't the medication that made me feel better. Yeah. Because that made me feel really, really worse. Yeah, it's really, it's hard. I went through like a big depression last year. Like last year, at the beginning of last year, my business like, like all this stuff happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, I went through a really bad depression and I um, was actually just thinking about it the other day and I would write stuff on social media, you know, I'd be like, just so you guys know, like I'm having a really hard time right now. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not happy. I don't know where my place is in the industry, you know, like a lot of, like I, a couple clients had dropped me. And I'm like, I don't have like a direction. Like, where am I going to go if I don't work in porn? Like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? You know, this is, this has been my whole life. I've been in it for 20 years. Um, and I really felt like rudderless Mm -hmm. and, and I was super depressed and I felt really alone. And, um, like my fans were so amazing like the you know because sometimes they say like social media can be a really toxic place and it can be but it can also be like an amazing support group you know i mean people were so kind to me and said the most wonderful things and it made like a big difference for me and um yeah same kind of thing as you like i refused to go on medication um i saw a therapist a lot I went to more meetings. Um, I started like, I mean, I always have worked out, but I really made sure that I stuck with that. I started doing meditation. Mm-hmm. I actually did Reiki healing, which was something that I always thought was a little bit like woo woo and wizardy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I hired this woman and I did Reiki healing with her like once a week for like a month and, and did sound bath meditations and that all helped a lot. And I think just the accumulation of just actively trying different things to like change my mind really yeah. helped. And you know, I'm not like perfect. I definitely have my days when I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to work today. Like I don't want to like adult today. I just kind of wit like I wish everything was easier and like things still give me anxiety. But it's like Yeah. It's a daily reprieve, man. It's it it's a battle. Yeah. I mean I sometimes I wake up and I and I get scared because I feel that feeling in my chest and I never want to go back to that low the lowest I was during that depression. Yes. Because it was so bad. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even want to get out of bed. Yeah. For days at a time. Yeah. Like, and um, when I feel like that, you know, sometimes now I will pick up my phone and look at my social media. And, you know, my fans are just so supportive because it was really embarrassing and hard to get back on social media after just MIA for like 10 months. You yeah. Know? I'm like just hey, here's my first tweet in like 10 months. Yeah, and it's like you, know? you want to appear professional, right? Yeah. You don't want to like, 
you know, you're supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be a place where your professional persona comes forward and everything's perfect and everything's yeah. great. And I'm so, I love my job and everything's amazing. Well, and, I'm, and I'm like, oh, I bet everyone thinks I went off the rails and mm-hmm. I like was on a drug bender. And I was like, no, you know, I, I literally was in bed, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it was um, embarrassing. But at the same time, I, I wanted to clear the air. I wanted, you know, my fans to kind of know what, what happened to me, why I disappeared on everyone. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, people, I mean, everybody goes through those, those dark points. And, um, I think that people are more open about talking about mental health issues now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it's a good thing. You know, I think it's, it's super relatable. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all go through that and I can 100% relate to what you've been through. Yeah. So is there anything that like you're kind of actively doing now? I mean, exercise helps a lot, huh? It really does for me. I'm, I try to do like, you know, two, two to three hours like a day. Okay, girl, you're way past me. (laughs) I'm like an hour and I'm like, okay, I'm done. But like the endorphins, like if I, I honestly work out now, not even for like trying to stay in shape, Mm -hmm. but to keep my mind from going mental. Yeah. Like when I have like my, my, my headphones on and I'm listening to my music, like nothing else is going through my mind. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like I feel so clear. And so I, that's why I really like, get into the working out and I don't want to lose any more weight. It's not like I'm doing it because I want to lose weight. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I've lost enough weight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just do it as like a, like a, like a, like therapy for me. It really is. Right. Right. What are some of the biggest differences that you see now in the industry from when you started? MILF. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That didn't exist before. It, there was no the MILF. There was no MILF when I left. And when I came back, it was like anyone over like 30 is a MILF. And I'm just, sometimes even over the age of like 26. I mean, yeah. I've shot girls that were 25 as MILFs. Yeah. It's crazy. At first I was like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not liking this everything. MILF, yeah. MILF, MILF, MILF. Yeah. And now it's, it's like, what? I'm, I, I always laugh like on my um, Instagram or my Twitter. People can't just write beautiful. They have to write beautiful MILF. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I, I, I just want to be like, why can't you just put beautiful? Why does yeah. the word MILF have to be put after everything? But it's just the way things are, you know? Yeah. I've never had a child, but I mean, I raised my sister. So I'm, I'm my, my, my fiance model, I'd like to fuck instead of mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. It's become like one of those like searchable terms that, mm-hmm. you know, you're either a teen or you're a MILF and yeah. it's, it is frustrating to be pigeonholed that way for sure. Yeah. I'm glad that I did get to experience the era though, where there was just glam. Yeah. You know, you were just a hot girl, just a hot girl yeah. with a hot guy yeah. and that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. If you could give advice to any new girls coming into the industry, mm-hmm. considering like everything that you've been through, what, what would you tell them? Oh, save your money. <laughs> um, you know, uh, this this industry, they literally will eat you alive if, if you don't know what you're doing. And, um, you know, I, I've been in it for 20 years too, and it's crazy when I think about it because, you know, not many girls are in it for, what, maybe three or four years now. Um, so, yeah, just save your money and make smart decisions, you know. Mm-hmm. Treat it like a career, not just like a kind of yeah, come and go. But I mean, it's, you're a different person when you're, it's easy for me to say this now, but when I was 19 years old, you know, it was like a big party. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. you're still a, you're still a child. Yeah. Do you think that maybe, you know, there's been some talk about raising the minimum age of girls coming into the industry from 18 to 21. What do you think about that? I mean, that's a hard one because that's like a prime age. But I I think if you have to be 21 to drink, you should maybe have to be 21 to do porn because you don't really know what you're agreeing to. You don't realize it's a lifelong commitment that you're forever going to be that person. Yeah, I agree with you. But then also, too, you can sign up and go to war at 18. Yeah. That's where it's tough. That is a good, yeah. That's it's a good like point. if you can die for your country at 18, mm-hmm. like you should be able to do porn. But I hear you yeah. like on that. But then also, too, like I do know some, you know, 19 year old girls who are more emotionally mature than some 30 year old yeah. girls. And then also, too, it is a it is a way for some people to get themselves out of bad situations. Yeah, it you definitely I mean? got me out of a bad situation. Had yeah. I not met certain people and made certain decisions in my life, I would have my life would have turned out totally different. But I have learned through lots of therapy that you can't say if 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 because you will. That's when you start picking up that bottle and chugging because mm-hmm. regret will regrets like such a terrible thing. Yeah, I can't. I've learned not to regret stuff that I've done because you can't change it. Right, right. You just right. have to move forward. Do you still go to therapy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love my therapist. She's amazing. Yeah. It's something that um you know it used to always be kind of like this the shameful thing to go and seek help. But I honestly think it's good for everybody. Even if like you're not depressed or going through like a really hard time, it's just really nice to have like a professional to kind of bounce things off of and listen to you talk. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Cause I'm like, not everyone wants to listen to you talk about your problems all the time. Right. I know. (laughs) Sometimes I'll be sitting with my therapist. I'm like, aren't you so sick of hearing this shit? Mm-hmm. Like I just sometimes I just feel like I would hate to be a therapist because God we're annoying. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 really I'm happy though. I'm I can seriously say like today I was like so you know stoked to come on the show and I'm like things are you know going well again. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited. Do you think you kind of appreciate that more now considering like the hard times that you've been through? Like because I feel that I'm like when I'm in a good mood, I'm more grateful for what's going on in my life than I was before because I know how bad things can be. Absolutely. And especially just, you know, having having the depression that I just got out of, um, you know, everything was going great. So it's, uh, I'm very appreciative every morning when I wake up and I like, you know, take a a deep breath, go get a cup of coffee. And it's like, oh, you know, everything's okay. Like there's no reason to be sad. Everything's great. You yeah. know, you have no reason to uh, complain. <laughs> yeah. Do you like, do you like the industry now that like you have more control over your image and your career and that you're able to have your only fans and that kind of stuff? Or do you kind of wish it was back the way it was in the day when you were like a contract girl and you just were given work, but you didn't really get to make a lot of personal decisions? Um, you know, it's just totally different. Um, where I really see it, it's changed the most is like the conventions. Because when I was a Viva girl, you got paid to be there. You had your makeup paid for. People stood in line for hours with stuff they owned of yours for you to sign. And now you go and you're just trying to sell anything to, you know, and you're selling sell. I couldn't believe the first time I had to sell a selfie with somebody because it's like, you know, 
So I'm like, I'm like, I won't charge $20 for selfie ever. But if I don't charge anything, they'll just all day want to take pictures with you. Yeah. So and Vegas is an expensive place to be. Yeah, exactly. The hotel rooms are very expensive. Yeah, so um, I definitely um, say the conventions are absolutely different, and and just the way the fans can in, can't interact with you as much anymore at the conventions, and they really don't want to, I guess, because they can get to you on any way on social media. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They won't wait in line for hours anymore to meet you. Hmm. I never thought about that, but that's true. Mm-hmm. Brianna, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. And thank you for opening up the way you did. I know you talked about some really hard things, um, mm-hmm. but I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And I was I was very moved. <laughs> and I think your fans will be too. Yeah. Well, I love my fans so much and you know, I'm I'm really happy to be back and shooting again and um yeah. We're happy to have you back. Thank you. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media, your OnlyFans, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Um, OnlyFans, uh, Brianna Banks. It's pretty simple. I'm on Sex Panther, Brianna Banks. Um, Fan Centro, Brianna Banks. Um, Brianna Banks. Triple X. And uh, you can find me on OC Modeling's website. <laughs> Fantastic. Pretty much narrows it down. <laughs> All right. Thank- oh, and on my Twitter, Brianna Banks Triple X One. Well, I got hacked, and then my Instagram, Brianna Banks Six. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, you have an Instagram too, right? Yes, but for, I got hacked, so I'm I've kind of started over, but oh, it's, such a pain in the ass. It's a, I, it seriously is, but you know, it's not. It's a, a Instagram doesn't make you money. It's I feel like a popularity contest at times, mm-hmm. but yeah. it, it's still fun. I like doing Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you again, thank you. and you guys can follow me at Holly Rand on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. We will see you guys next Wednesday. I want to thank my guests for coming by and chatting with us today. And a big thanks to you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us more than you know. And if you're interested in behind-the-scenes access to the show, special bonus content, live streams of us taping the podcast, and more, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Unfiltered. You can even submit your own questions or get an autographed photo from one of our guests. Next week on the show, I'm super excited to have the dirtiest girl in porn and also the girl who says exactly what she thinks, Christina Rose. Christina is a hilarious girl um, and she is definitely not afraid to be exactly who she is, which is, I think we need more people like that in this world. She's a very, very funny girl. I'm very much looking forward to this interview. It's going to be a blast. So make sure that you come back next week for Christina Rose on Holly Randall Unfiltered. (laughs) 